Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, this is episode number 168 of the Crossover Podcast. David Johnston and Jeff Dantzler along with you. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. The Crossover Podcast in the App Store on your iPhone and Google Play on your Android. And again, episode number 168. This is the tweener. We're between Christmas and we're between New Year's. we got a big football game coming up in a couple of days. We're recording this on what is today wednesday afternoon and uh, i'd like to give a big congratulations to prince avenue as they won the single a championship on the private school side of things that was on monday and just a couple of minutes ago we saw coney county lose a heartbreaker to pierce county although congrats to our buddy john dupont calling that game that's their first ever state championship so i know he's fired up uh yesterday jefferson lost to marist so uh, a state champion in the area with Prince Avenue for the first time dating back to Oconee County winning in 1999. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that, especially with uh, Brock Vandegrift. But uh, Jeff, hopefully uh, you and Emily and Hermie and <laughs> Albus and everybody had a great Christmas. Yeah, we certainly did, David. I hope that you and, and Carol and the King Man oh, did yeah. as well. And uh, Emily and I, in fact, were talking today on the walk, kind of talking about the different holidays. And uh, we went by one of the churches on Millage Avenue. They always sell the pumpkins for Halloween. And I said, you know, I actually uh, start getting sad when those come out because I know before you know it, Halloween will be over, then Thanksgiving will be over, then Christmas, then New Year, yeah. and, and it'll all fly by. Then you kind of head into that abyss. And and she said, yeah, I've never been much of a New Year's person. I said, well, for me, and once Christmas is over, New Year's and the time around it is all about college football. And have we heard that it looks a little bit different this year? But <laughs> but certainly for Georgia, it, it, obviously not playing tech and, and having Vandy – not come to town two different times and and this is just going to be the 10th game everything that went into this but a fourth straight trip to a major bowl game and the only other time that happened in georgia history was back from 80 to 83 now there were only four back then but there, there are six major bowls counting the playoffs and to be in one of those for a fourth straight year there's more a, teams vying for the bowls now too though you got that right that that is a great great accomplishment and uh, you know it's one of those deals i, I was saying all right, the teams that have beaten us this year, Alabama starts with an A, Florida starts with an F. Well, you, know, you don't want to lose this game, and I don't think we'll get an F if we lose, but Cincinnati starts with a C. If we lose, it's going to probably feel like a C season. If we get that win, it'd be interesting to ask Kirby, because his mom's a famous English teacher, 
how would Miss Smart grade this? Would she give it an A minus, a B plus, probably something like that? But it, it would certainly be a very good season and a strong way uh, to end it. And the deal, we all know, Cincinnati's going to come out guns blazing. You can make the case this is the biggest game they've ever played. Uh, they did go to back to back. Uh, major bowl games with Brian Kelly uh, back in 08 and 09. But, um, you know, th- this team is undefeated. And-, and I think if they win and Alabama beats Notre Dame, Dave, and-, and who knows if Clemson beats Ohio State, you know, could they finish as high as certainly number four, maybe even number three in the final poll? And, and to beat a college football blue blood like Georgia, that would be enormous. And I, I think for-, for this game, one thing that's very important is to have all the focus on this. And, yes, with some of the younger players who are going to get some action, it will be at a few positions, maybe a sneak peek towards next year. But the focus, I think, for everybody has got to be on this game. And, DJ, I told this story with with Tyler a couple of days ago when Michigan State came back and beat us in overtime with Kirk Cousins back on uh, January 1st of 2012, a couple days later, we, we were flying out the Lady Dogs, and Coach Lander said, you know, he said, I had a bad feeling about this game. I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, all our players are talking about, oh, yeah, this is a, a, a jumping point for next year. We got a chance to win a championship next year. And Cousins and all the Michigan State's players were saying, this is our game. This is a chance to go out a winner. This is a chance for us to go out a championship so, with a championship. So he felt that just from from what was said in the press that that focus was on that game and closing this season strong and I think that's got to be Georgia's attitude uh, against Cincinnati because I know it'll be the Bearcats attitude well that was going to ask you though do you think this is a little bit of a, a conundrum for Cincinnati because they certainly want to knock off one of the uh, the big boys but at the same time they feel like they've been dissed a little bit, that they're not in the bowl that they want to be in. So how does that play out for them? I, it probably swings toward, well, we're not in the playoff. we got to deal with it, but we got a chance to knock off big bad Georgia. Whether the, the dogs are shorthanded or not, we're going to go out there and, and try our best to win. No, I think that's a great point, Dave. And from, from their point, I, I think they'll try and – uh, you know, kind of use the anger. They'll go out and try and prove, say, hey, we should have been in this thing. I, I think that's going to be the way they look at it. And uh, for Kirby, I think he learned so much from that loss to Texas uh, two years ago and for the Sugar Bowl victory over Baylor last year, basically taking only the guys that were there that were going to play. And I, I thought that was Georgia's best and most complete game of the 2019 season. And uh, hopefully we'll see the same thing against Cincinnati but uh, what they've done with Luke Fickle there the last three seasons to go 11 and 3 11 and 2 and now 9 and 0 he's done a great job and I think one of the things that's helped you know usually uh, when you look at at Cincinnati for example we mentioned Brian Kelly earlier he does great there Notre Dame comes calling I think one thing they might be able to hang on to Luke Fickle a little longer because he was that interim head coach for one year at Ohio State between Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer, and they went six and six. So I don't know if maybe a couple of schools say, well, you know, we only went six and six at Ohio State because a lot of times for a, for a program like Cincinnati, if they do get on a roll, it's just hard for them to retain a coach yeah. because Big Ten schools in particular are going to come calling. So maybe that one year that Fickle had, 
has helped them, and that they have certainly got a heck of a team. Well, it does feel like too the conference they play in the American. You got the group of five. You got the power of five, or the power of five. It feels like the Americans kind of right there in the middle. I know you've got Boise in the mountain, but the the top of the American is good. It's uh, a good for a good top of a, a group of five conference. Wouldn't you agree that the last two years and Notre Dame's technically in the ACC this year, so that kind of foils my argument there. But I've felt, and I've taken Clemson out of the mix in the ACC, that the top five or six in the American the last two years has been stronger than the ACC in the Pac-12. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's why you, you heard reports, too, about how the Americans trying to get Boise to, uh, to come over and play football as a football <laughs> school only. I don't know how that would go with the Mountain West with the other sports probably wouldn't sit too well with them but they want to try to strengthen that football conference mm-hmm. even more so that they can have I guess a little bit more street cred when they get to the table although I still feel like the only way that uh, a school like that potentially is going to get into the playoff is if the playoff is a six team or an eight team playoff I don't think you can do any more than Central Florida did to get into the playoff from the group of five and not get in. I, the only way, and, and I agree with you, would be, let, let's say if it were a given year, and let's just take Central Florida, for example, and let's say they won the league, went undefeated, and beat Florida and Miami. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I remember Stanford yeah, went maybe. out there and beat. So they, they would have to slay, I think, three elite programs and go undefeated and the, the, in their The league. hardest part of that is to be able to schedule that. That's right. Because and then have those teams be good the year you schedule them. And you're scheduling so far out, it's, it's a crapshoot. It, it really is. And we've all seen teams, and we've certainly seen local programs go through that. I know Georgia Southern it had had some trouble, especially with the offense at Georgia Southern has run a lot of teams are eh, I don't know so remember what was the story when Saban I, I think they I guess they were at LSU and they were going to schedule Georgia Southern and Will Muschamp went in and he had some some tape he had cut up from one of their games and Saban said no 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 we're, we're not playing <laughs> them you know, not that they were afraid of yeah. them but it was just yeah th- this is a hassle so mm-hmm. you're right I mean for I mean, to, to me, for, for like if you're Georgia, why would you schedule Central Florida? Exactly. Because for your fans, you're still expecting to win. You know, during the week you might hear, oh, yeah, we respect them, we respect them. But when the game's being played, if you're losing, like, this is Central Florida. They're not recruiting on yeah. our level, but they're really good. Like, like the, that team in Statesboro. Amen. Yeah. A- another thing you're seeing right now, and, and especially with some of the guys uh, around college football not playing – in the bowl games and with a lot of players at elite programs turning pro after their junior year, I think you're starting to see a taste of, and hopefully this doesn't hit Georgia with Cincinnati, and and, and it's not going to be as extreme in basketball, but DJ, how many times have we seen it in the one-and-done era in college hoops? I, I think about Mercer beating Duke. Yep. But that that was five seniors from Mercer. You know how many times have we seen you know to remember that Kent State team that made a run to the Elite Eight, a, a great team from the MAC, or uh, again like that Mercer team uh, we we just mentioned, or somebody like a Wofford slay one of the the the, the Kansases or Dukes or North Carolinas because they've had five guys that have been together for three or four years. And I start thinking about it now you know, for a team like Cincinnati, or as you brought up that Central Florida team that beat Auburn uh, back after the, the 2017 regular season, guys that had been together three or four years 
And at that point, you're thinking like, well, is the interest there? We got guys who are leaving early. And to go back to that Auburn-Central Florida game, on paper, yes, Auburn had obviously been out recruiting Central Florida if you look at the rankings. But then you can also start looking and saying, okay, is that 22-year-old fifth-year senior, though, he might have been a two- or a three-star recruit. Right now, is he a better player than that 19-year-old five-star true freshman? And oftentimes the answer oh, for is sure. yes. Yeah, yeah. And in basketball, too, it's, oh, it's a yeah. big deal, especially when it's a one-and-done. If it yes. were a three out of five or a four out of seven, it might be a little bit different. But a one-and-done, the veterans, would, especially at the guard play, at the guard shooter. position, yeah, yeah, that's that's all it takes. And, by, and I apologize to, for, for leaving out Maryland-Baltimore County. I mean, God, they beat the number one seed in the <laughs> yeah. tournament Virginia a couple of years yeah. ago. So, Which, in, in fact, when you consider that that's one of the greatest upsets of all time, and then the fact that Virginia was able to turn around and win the tournament the next year, that is, uh, that's a double bogey mm-hmm. followed by a hole-in-one. On the, on the golf course. Amen to that. So, <laughs> Virginia at least was able to get the national championship out of it. And if someone had told them, hey, you're going to lose the 16th seed, but you're going to win it the next year, you'd be like, okay. I, can, I would ask can for the deal. Can, can we win it year one? And then maybe <laughs> yeah. I want to go ahead and have that exactly. in my pocket. Exactly. Because that is the hard thing. And, you know, we, we've tasted it, DJ. We've seen, you know, our, our football team and baseball team come so close to, to winning it all. And, uh, when when you when you do make it to that final game, I think one of the hard things is you realize, and this th- th- this is why I'm so impressed with what the Dodgers did, losing back to back World Series and losing in the playoffs to come back and win it this year. And obviously, it was a shortened season, but you, you don't get any extra points for making it. You, you're not automatically in that playoff the next year. You're starting back at ground sure. zero with everybody else, and it's, it's difficult to get back there. And I think that's. That's one of the things that, that impressed me so much about uh, Kirby's program that in 2018 we we got that 11 and one record and, and and had ourselves in position to get back to have a shot at it. I wanted well, to bring up one, one yeah. more thing with I'm sorry, Dave, while my mind's on her, I'll forget it. But another you know reason number 57 uh, the dogs need to win this game is that building. We need to get a win in Mercedes-Benz because the last three trips yeah. in there has been Heartbreak Hotel, Heartbreak Hotel, and then we were just un- unfortunately the victim of that LSU machine. And and I'll kind of – it's kind of a reverse. That awful loss we had to Arkansas – to Nebraska, pardon me, Nebraska at the end of the 2013 season, that did not bode well because we had beaten Florida three straight times – in the old Gator Bowl. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, God, we blew that game to Nebraska. Now we got bad mojo back in that building. Next thing you know, Florida wins three straight in the series. So we lost four straight in that uh, in, in that building. And, you know, we've lost three in a row in Mercedes-Benz, two of them. I, I think most Bulldog fans would agree we could have, should have had. <laughs> And um, at it, least you could say one of the school's great wins came in that building too, with the win over Auburn. No doubt. But God, that seems like so long so, ago I mean, now. Just the especially two. after the heartbreak we've had since then. Right. So to get you know the, the two against you know who, and then again that LSU team was was an all timer. But it would be nice to to get a major bowl win uh, to to send these seniors out with what would be a record tie win total. Uh, for a four-year period at the University of Georgia, and and 
you know, finishing the top ten again. Who knows how high, but but also to get some positive mojo. I am confident George will be in the SEC title game next year. It would be nice going in there on a one-game winning streak as opposed to a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. So let's go take care of business. No doubt. And uh, I don't know who's going to play and who's not going to yeah, play. No kidding. <laughs> we'll find out on Friday, but let's go take care of business. No, I agree with you 100%, DJ. And I'm looking forward to it. Listen, anytime Georgia plays, it's exciting. And, you know, some people have said, well, this game's just an exhibition. I said, well, then don't watch. If you're not, oh, sure. then, then don't watch. That's up to you. But it's not. We're we're playing. We're, we're keeping score. Uh, and and that, that's another problem that's happened with the playoffization of college football. For- if you're not in the playoff, the bowls mean like, to mm-hmm. some people don't mean anything. And I, and I say this, too. I mean, it's like I want to win the game. Everybody sure. wants to win the game. If you don't win the game, it doesn't mean you're going to have a bad season the no, next year. And winning the game doesn't mean you're going to have a great season the next no, year. That doesn't. momentum is not something that, that carries over from – one game to the next especially when you've got eight months between games and we can say just in the last few years we can look at how just how terrible that texas loss felt in the sugar bowl georgia bounces back the next year as you mentioned and then how great that um things felt after beating baylor earlier believe it or not earlier this year good god it's hard to believe one Uh, one one, two oh yeah if we only knew back then but yeah, and so you it's you play well, finish out the season. If young guys have to play, then then so be it. You certainly want to win the game. You want to do everything you can to win the game, and then you start getting ready for the next year. I think you're exactly right, Dave. And, and there, you know, different years play out in, in different ways. Uh, a lot of players will tell you that that went over TCU in Kirby's first year, which came on the heels of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle Lorenzo Carter. Those guys saying they were coming back. That they yeah. they could feel some momentum build from that because you know we, we had lost those three games at Sanford Stadium in just such implausible yeah. fashion that year, and then that that you kind of felt like okay the, the buy-ins and, there. And that, by the way, that's a good example of what you were talking about earlier too. And Logan and I were talking about this on the morning show. Those that's the equivalent of getting four five-star recruits. Those, not all of, of those guys were five-star recruits coming out of high school. Well, let's see. I guess Chubb was. Yeah, Sony, Sony was. Carter. They Carter. Were big time. Bellamy wasn't. No. But, or, but he ends up. I, I say uh, a win. Yeah. Came yeah. back. Yeah. So those guys come back. Those are all you know, coming back for one more year. That's like getting five-star r- recruits. Amen to that. And it carries over. And we see Alabama do that a lot. And we got to see Georgia hopefully do a little bit more of that. Well, that, that's that's the key. You know, we've talked about this a lot. It's the, the recruiting gets you the seat at the table, but it's the player retention now. Mm-hmm. And spe- between the portal and guys turning pro, and again, Bama had a boatload of first-rounders last year. But And I know a, a lot of people who listen to us regularly are sick and tired of hearing me say this, but uh, basically when Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Moses, and Devontae Smith all said they were coming back this year, my feeling was – Everybody else is playing for second place. We just can't get uh, rid of Devontae Smith, can Good we? God. He's a one-time Georgia commit. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's and here's the thing, too. I, the, I don't know how Najee Harris wasn't one of the, the guys that were I in agree. the final. You know, I guess he was the fifth guy out of the – you know, But anyway, I Pretty mean, good I, fifth guy. if I'd have had to vote for the Heisman, he would have been the guy that I would have voted for. I and think I so think too. Smith's incredible. He, there was certainly maybe a little bit of a, no pun intended, break for him when Waddle got hurt. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, not that I'm saying that he wouldn't have been able to do anything anyway. Mac Jones being in the in the uh, what the final four, if you will, it, it kind of reminds me. And this is going to sound so wrong, but I've already said it on the air anyway. It's a little bit of a Gino Toretta kind of thing, where he's probably like the tenth best guy on the team, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> maybe not even tenth. He's a he's great. He's a great quarterback. He's doing great things for them. He fits them perfectly. But if you go position by position Ooh. for the guys they have on that team. Mac Jones is not even one of their top ten best players. No, I, I think you can make that argument. I guess an, an, another way to look at it, and I think that's a great point, was, is that the San Diego Chargers, Dan Fouts and Phillip Rivers never went to a Super Bowl, but Stan Humphrey did. <laughs> Stan so like two did, and Jalen yeah. Hurts came close to a high yep. but they didn't win it, and, and right. Mac Jones might. And, and, and you're right, he's a terrific player, but that team is just – is just so loaded the different things they can do um but but he's going to be leaving trask is going to be leaving uh, trevor lawrence going to be the first pick justin fields is going to be gone so when, when you're looking at at next year and that door maybe being yep. cracked for somebody else uh that next year might be a year when that's the case the 2022 draft mm-hmm. is a long way away mm-hmm. and i did one of those things that we all like to do look at those mock drafts and the two quarterbacks that popped up first Mm -hmm. were the young man at north carolina yes sam howell yep yes and jt daniels and no it was actually his former teammate keaton slovis oh keaton slovis okay yeah yeah but jt with another year under his belt i would be very 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 curious to see what happens to him no i i agree with you and, and i had heard howell after his freshman year that 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 was a guy that the pros mm-hmm. really like and he's done he's done a terrific job there at north carolina which also leads us into they had a good recruiting class miami had a good recruiting class for college football <laughs> Somebody has got to challenge Clemson. Somebody's got to challenge Ohio State. Yep. Somebody in the Big 12, and I know they lost a couple of games early. Oklahoma has won six straight Big 12s. Ohio State has won four straight Big 10s. Clemson's won six straight ACCs. Now, Alabama's been – they were the program of the decade, and you know what Saban has done is second to none. But still, Georgia won the SEC in 17. You know, Alabama wasn't in it. LSU won it last year. You know, but Bama's you know two of the last four SEC title games they haven't been. They in haven't it. been in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Even not, though one year they win the national championship. Well, of course. Well, they've got a different <laughs> set of rules over there. We all know that. Come on. We didn't need to play in that game. That's right. Hey, that's but one. But it is less. an interesting point that when you think of the SEC, you think of Alabama's dominance. Sure. Yet Georgia went three years in a row and only played them in the title game once. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, we played three different teams. And then you had in Texas A&M this year's only lost one game. So you've got these other big-time programs there. And just the, the fight to get out of the SEC is so difficult. But, again, just for the, for the good of college football, good Lord, somebody's got to close the gap on these other schools. I mean – you think maybe even DJ, you know, when we were coming up, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. The Big Eight was, you had the Big Two and the other six. It was going to be Nebraska or Oklahoma, but at least you had them both. In the in, in the in the Big Ten, well, it was Ohio State and Michigan and the rest, and somebody like an Iowa or a, or an Illinois would break through. But but still, at least you had two of them. There's no l- legit challenger. You know, we, we keep waiting for Texas. To do that in the Big I mean, Twelve, t- to me, it took a pandemic for Clemson to have a legit challenger in the ACC oh, with it, with Notre Dame jumping in. 
So it's a weird thing, and they'll be back to being an, an independent next year. Notre Dame played their first ever conference game. Yeah, they played their first. They played their first ever non-conference game. They played in a conference championship game, but you have yet to win a conference championship. That's exactly right. So it is weird stuff. And, hey, if I were Notre Dame, I'd do the same thing they'd done before. And it, this was one of those weird years where being in the conference could have actually hurt them. As it turns out, it doesn't. They still get in the playoff. But if they hadn't had to play in a conference championship game, they were a shoe-in to get into the into the playoff. Well, oh, I guess sure. it would have depended on their schedule and that kind of thing. But it's funny because – BYU doesn't get much respect, and they're rolling a lot of folks until they lose to Coastal Carolina. If Notre Dame had played that same schedule and they were rolling everybody, they would have been in the top four. And, and I like BYU and Coastal Carolina both a lot. We just got to watch them early in the season before yeah. we got going. And by the way, you know, talking about guys in bowl games mattering, the Liberty Coastal Carolina game lived up to the hype, lived up to the billing. Those are two teams that had great years. You're talking about coming in. Liberty and Coastal Carolina, one loss. Liberty <laughs> lost to North Carolina State 15-14, to and they just play an epic championship game. It meant a lot to them. And BYU, I, I watched them early this year. Their AD did a great job. I think he recognized they had a special team, and he went out and found games for them to schedule. And of course, their only loss, they, they lose by one yard at, at Coastal Carolina. One and, yard. And they absolutely went out and just – rolled in their bowl game role so you could tell again that was a team that wanted to be there so that's going to be the big question for the dogs on friday afternoon do we want to be there and and i'm hopeful that answer is yes i think so i think I, I, they I think will so too. too we yeah. don't know who but we uh we're in agreement that they're going to play like they want to be there. Yeah. By I the way, so. as we mentioned we're recording this on a wednesday prince avenue won the state championship on monday and um, I guess the word got out that Brock Vandegrift had a knee injury. Mm-hmm. And looking at Dog Nation right now, maybe on some of the other sites as well, if someone else broke this, I apologize. I don't have it in front of me. But uh, um, Jeff Sintel talked to uh, Greg Vandegrift, Brock's dad, the head coach at Prince Avenue, and says it looks like he's not going to have to have surgery. Uh, the quote from, uh, from Greg Vandegrift was uh, he said – they said PCL surgery doesn't always produce great results. They found rehab and strengthening the quad and knee is more effective. Brock will have a brace fitted and used for rehab and removed when he's completely cleared. He said they've been told an eight to ten week timetable is realistic. All right, so that's that's, so that's good news definitely for the good news, and I wouldn't think we'll see a whole lot in the spring. No need to to push that, but uh, at least we're getting ready for the fall. And maybe he does, you know practice but in a limited way in the spring but at least he could be good to go now I'll, I'll tell you this the the guy i saw on monday playing in that championship game looked like he had any kind of knee injury <laughs> no <laughs> doubt mean, man that's the thing he was moving piles and running all over the place now i agree with you david and we, we've gotten to see uh, with the increased coverage of high school football which is great we've gotten to see them them play a few times and obviously because of uh, brock's stature he's he, he's brought them a lot of notoriety but I just remember early in the year, like, golly, this guy's a lot more athletic than mm-hmm. I thought he was. And and you're right, in these playoff games, I mean, he, he is a downright threat running the ball. So he didn't look hampered to me. And, and you know, so hopefully he's 100% when the time comes. And, you know, it's going to be a great situation having JT Daniels at quarterback. You'll have Stetson Bennett with that. Uh, with, with that experience. And there's a backup. And then for, for Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift, 
to fight for reps because that's another thing I think that's important to point out when we're talking about player retention. Not only did all those guys that we mentioned earlier come back for Bama, Mac Jones was in this program when both Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts were in it and didn't leave. Mm-hmm. And just you think about what that meant for them. So, you know, who knows how things were. Let's just say hypothetically, you know, Carson Beck uh, is, is a backup this year. Maybe Vandegrift comes in and is is terrific. Something that may, maybe, you know, he, he turns pro early. Maybe Carson Beck's a fifth-year senior as the starter and goes out and has a great year. You, you Keeping these guys in the program, you know, whether it's a front-line player that's a borderline first-round pick or somebody who, who's just not quite developed yet, that is so essential to having that success. So congrats to uh, Prince Avenue winning the state championship and uh, certainly congrats to Oconee County and uh, Jefferson on the great seasons mm-hmm. that they had. I know Oconee County's hurting right now. They've lost in the state championship now two years in a row. And uh, today, as we record this, they lose in overtime to uh, to Pierce County and uh, Jefferson fell to Marist and their uh, longtime head coach, Alan Chadwick, what did you 36, say, 35, 36 I think years? they said 36 years, and he's got 399 wins. Oh, mighty. <laughs> so, so his first year would have been 85. I mean, good Lord. Is that Lord. right, 85 or 80, 84, 85? I mean, so you're talking One of those. About, yeah, so you're talking about, like, I mean, like, that was Tim Worley and Keith Henderson's freshman year at Georgia. I yeah. Mean, that is a long time ago. I mean – that is, I was trying to think. I mean, that was Coach, your freshman year too. Yeah, wasn't Coach it? Dooley still had what four three or four more years to go. So you think about how many just Georgia coaches he spanned, how many Alabama coaches, how many Tech coaches he spanned, and has just been a great powerhouse great there at Marist. It's yeah. incredible. And um, what was I going to say too about about all of that? It's just uh, it's it's fun to see the high school games too. I, I enjoy great. it. Don't get to see as many as we as we want to and and you know we tip the cap to the sec and a lot of college football for getting through and the same goes to the uh, to the high school ranks no i agree they were able to make it through also no uh, and, and they, they've done such a great job of getting um more and more games on and i know they're they're, they're ways to, I, i'm not internet savvy but i know there are more ways to follow so i'll watch obviously with clark central and athens academy and and prince and cedar and oconee and all the local schools you know i'll go through on a friday night on on twitter mm-hmm. you can just go to their Keep site up with it. yeah, yeah that the, way yeah the scores are up there and and it's a lot of fun i made this suggestion the uh, when i saw matt stewart about a week ago and i said listen I know we're all in the same time zone, but I think the, these high school games are so great. Maybe we could get schools like LaGrange and Columbus to start kicking off at 10 to have our version, <laughs> have the western part of the That's state. Right, yeah. you know, if you're up in Rome, The Savannah maybe, schools kick off early. It's 7, and yeah. then you get Columbus and LaGrange. Well, that used to County. crack me up when you'd get the newspaper on Saturday and the, some of the sort of late games. Like, like, well, well, they didn't start any later than anybody else. <laughs> Why are their games late? Well, they start at 8 and Early deadline. But, yeah, so I I think the schools from Columbus and LaGrange and Rome and and Seminole County, they should all start at 10 o'clock. You got a late kickoff. You're going at 10 (laughs) o'clock to give us some some, some West Coast. Hey, if you border the Chattahoochee, you're kicking late. You're kicking late. (laughs) So, yeah, good stuff. Well, Jeff. We have we have we are desperately we're out of time. Desperately short we on time. We've got to go, we but we will be back uh, tonight. Georgia basketball, yes, playing sir. host to Mississippi State tomorrow. 
the Lady Dogs playing host to Mississippi State. Both the Georgia basketball teams are are undefeated, so hopefully they can get conference play going in a good way. I know the Mississippi State women have been really, really good. I don't know if they're as good as they have been, but they're still really, really good. So a couple of tough tests here for the Georgia basketball teams. You're exactly right. I I do – usually when you come back from Christmas, there's one or maybe two non-con games before going into the league. But I do like coming back from Christmas break, jumping straight into right conference into it. play, yeah, and kind of having it as that that New Year's Eve or December thirtieth type thing. So the SEC, bravo for for getting it going and looking forward to seeing those maroons coming in here back to back nights. Now it is funny. Could we not have had a double header? I don't know. That would have been kind of kind of neat. I like. The, I guess this this you could have had the. The old day-night doubleheader in baseball where you have to clear out the stadium, which we did I on like the that. 22nd. I like the noon and 7, and seven tip, yeah, Or do a noon and 6 even. Especially during the holidays. Oh, for sure. Yeah, why not? Earlier start times, I think we're all yeah. in agreement with. And New Year's like. Eve. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know the, the game got moved from 7 to 6.30, but New Year's Eve, is that's, yeah. that's a tough one. It's all about filling time <laughs> slots. Especially when you – you got to get up the next morning and and yeah, we, host the the tailgate well, show. Well, we got got to get ready for the the dogs roll all night long in Cincinnati. But yeah, it's going to be three <laughs> fun uh, days and nights. So really looking forward to it. Yep, Jeff, it's been a lot of fun. What did we say this was? One sixty eight. One sixty eight of the crossover. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, find us in the App Store for iPhone, Google Play for Android. And uh, you can find us on 960 The Ref as well. So uh, have a happy new year, Jeff. Yes, sir. To you you and yours. Thank you very much. Look forward to getting 2021 started in a great way at the Dogs in Cincinnati (laughs) on Friday. Thanks for joining us here. I'm David Johnston. He's Jeff Dantzler. This is the Crossover Podcast on 960 The Ref and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960TheRef.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.